Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Eric Dunavent. Eric, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excellent. Let's let let's do this. Eric is a CFP. He is the president at Paradigm. It's an organization empowering families and businesses to live a better story and align return on intention. Excited to have you on. Eric, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Absolutely. So I live in Covington, Louisiana. I've been married to my beautiful wife, Angel, for 24 years and one month from now. I've got three kids, um, a freshman at Purdue, a junior in high school. Those are both boys. And then I've got uh, one tagging along at the end is my daughter, who is 14. And... Yeah, return on investment versus return on intention, a return on intention versus return on investment. It really comes down to the fact that I've seen over and over in my life this experience, and I, even my own personal experience played this out, is that life tells us that what's most important is return on investment. We're always keeping up with the Joneses or measuring ourselves on you know, how we're doing versus how others are doing. And it seems to be this financial component that we're always chasing down, but unfortunately, that's a short-term perspective and so many times it ends up creating unintended consequences that fall out the other side, you know, poor relationships or, you know, in some of the worst cases, addiction or miscommunication or divorce. And it's that if we would take a step back and think about what are we truly intending to have happen, then maybe the way that we approach return on investment might look a little bit different. Amen there. And I think it's probably getting worse uh, instead of getting better with the help of all of our great social media apps. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, just before I forget, so Covington, Louisiana, how, how did your, you said it was your son. How did he end up at, at, at Purdue? Yeah. So my son um, loves computer science nice. and was looking for um, a good top computer science program and it's getting tougher and tougher and more and more competitive out there. The real beauty of it is that Purdue likes to accept out-of-state students. We had a great experience when we went and visited, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience from him. Actually, it's Thanksgiving weekend right now. He comes home tonight, so we haven't seen him since we dropped him off in August, so we're nice. all pretty excited to have him back. Yeah, for sure. Well, congratulations to him. So. Thank, you. Thank you. Well, I, I, one of my... Uh, core values, core principles that that I live by is 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 live live intentionally, and so mm-hmm. I, I think that that's such an important thing. And is is that a big what? How do we go about making that that shift from focusing on return to intention? Yeah, so I think that there's two big pieces here. One is realizing that the world that you're sitting in, I think the first place that you always create intention is awareness. Mm. So what is happening around me and understanding that the majority of conversations that you have when you go see a financial professional or whatever are typically on two or three things, you know, strategies, tactics, or tools, right? So 
here's an idea, here's a strategy, here's a tactic, here's a tool. Okay, that's good, but where does this fit in the picture of what I'm intending to do? And what we really have found is that the real transformation happens at the intersection of finance and family. So you're looking at not only what's happening financially, but from a family standpoint, what do, what are our values? What are our purpose? What are our goals? What are our mission as a family? And do the strategies, tactics, and tools that we're looking at match up with the end game of the outcomes that we want to have happen for our family? Again, what happened over and over and over again in my experience in the financial industry is you'd have great strategies, tactics, and tools, like great tax strategy, great you know, a state strategy that ends up being terrible family strategy, hmm. you know, creates poor relationships or, you know, in, in some of the more wealthier families, I've seen it create a lack of motivation to do any work because they know they're getting an inheritance, Yeah, you know, and those types of things. And so we've really broken it down into, especially when you're talking about family, broken it down into four areas of governance, which are, what are your values? What's the vision? What's, how do you give your heirs a voice and how do you create a venture? And in those four areas, what we believe is you can begin to craft the family side of things and then begin to create alignment between the financial and the family side in a way that helps you get towards intention. I love it. I love it. And that's, that's I mean, I, I, I think a lot of the time we, just just American consumers, are are so conditioned to be uh, wanting the thing. Just well, <laughs> give me the thing. But when you actually do take that big step back and say, "No, what? Well, yes, okay, we are going to talk about the thing," but it's not after we go through the process of really figuring out our values, our vision, the voices, and the venture. You're going to realize that the things are 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 way less important than going through and working through all the stuff that's going to go along with those four V's. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The other thing too, that has been this neat little piece that has fallen out that we found to be true over and over and over again is most, because the financial industry is so focused on the tactic and the tool or the strategy, it distracts you from what's really possible. So financially, what we find is possible, most families have the capacity to increase giving and generosity three to 10 times what they're doing right now. Hmm. They're probably paying more taxes than they need to be paying because it's simply about accumulation rather than about the greater purpose of the family. And when you can change the perspective and change the focus of the family, and I say this, I say, you know, increase generosity, decrease taxes, all of that without changing lifestyle, Hmm. all of that without changing inheritance plans. The biggest challenge is no one takes the time to help ask these families the right questions, to ask questions around values, around vision, around voice, around venture. And depending on what you want to do, I mean, we could unpack each one of those or we can kind of just stay high level. Um, but each one of those areas kind of have their own component that I think your listeners and everyone kind of, you know, who catches this, it becomes a powerful way to change the perspective of the way that you're thinking about financial. Yeah, well, I, I I think we should do exactly that. So, but uh, before we jump into that, you mentioned is, is it just a function of that we're paying too much in taxes, or we're 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 paying excessive fees? It's just inefficiencies in 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 existing plans. It is a lot of inefficiency. It comes down to this fact because 
I would say that most of the financial industry is operating from a shell of clarity. <laughs> and the idea of understanding family and underst- it, it really comes down to this idea. I had a good friend of mine one time. He said, the real secret to life is can you play the movie? Can you play the movie out five years, 10 years, 20 years, and really see what the outcome of this decision is? And what I found inside of the financial industry so many times is we don't play the movie. We may mm-hmm. play the movie out a couple of three years, but we don't play it out five, 10, 15, 20 years. And that's really what Paradigm has become skilled at is let's help you play the movie, not only financially, but let's play the movie from a family outcome and family impact standpoint. And let's make sure that this strategy or this tool happens at the right intersection. And so much of the industry, because of that uncertainty, because of that lack of clarity further out, a lot of times it's like, well, you need to keep saving, you need to keep accumulating. And what we've found is, especially as you read, there's some places that you begin to reach some, some critical points. And this is not necessarily for everybody, but for a lot of people is, you know, there, you have to ask your question, you have to ask a question at some point is, when do I have enough? Or is it always about accumulating more? <laughs> Yeah. I'm thinking about my family and I'm thinking about way to, ways to be engaged with them. It might be that I need to set a level of I have enough. And then that allows me the opportunity to engage with nonprofits and charities and make a difference in the community and around the world. I mean, there's so much money that we end up paying in taxes that gets wasted. And then there are opportunities of generosity and giving on the other side of that. That if we critically thought about the outcomes we were trying to create five, 10, 20 years out towards the future, Again, what we find is without making too much of a change, you actually have the capacity to have more impact on that side, which then that in hand reduces your taxes. Yeah, nice. And so I, I imagine that that plays both in division and values. But let's, if, 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 if you would, let's just impact, unpack them. Yeah, no. I, so values is what most people think that it is. I mean, how do you come together and create core values as a family of what's important to you? And, you know, as stages in life happen, I think that this looks differently. If you've got younger kids, you know, as we did inside of our family, because we had our, we've had our core values for about seven, eight years now, it's been fun to kind of watch our family core values evolve and um, watch the kids embrace them in different ways. But when we first came up with them, it was an exercise of sitting around the table and just having some discussions about things that we want our family to be known for. But as my children have gotten older and as we've been, we've watched other families and as their kids have gotten older or even into families where they're beginning to have their own children is how can you create core values and then leave enough space for each member of the family to own that value their own way? <laughs> you know, so it's not just about, you know, Um, generosity is one of our family's core values. So I own generosity one way, my kids own generosity one way, as they mature, they'll own it a different way. But then also, you know, the things that I want to be generous towards is one thing and the things that they want to be generous towards looks completely different, but we're both living out the common core value. And as they get older, then how can they embrace that in their own way? And you just respect the fact, you know, that that's who they were created to be. That's who they are. And are they consistently living out our core values? Yes. As opposed to setting these, so it doesn't have to be a hard, fast rule. Another, another core value of our family is uniqueness. You know, so the way that they lived that out when they were seven versus 17 is going to look completely different, but they're still living out the core value. I love it. 
how how often are are y'all revisiting or just just having conversations about that? So we try to have a conversation around that every six months. Okay. As a family, um, they are actually on a plaque on the wall in our house, nice. sitting in the living room, so that we can review them on a regular basis. Um, one of the things that Paradium has, there's there's a woman who works for me named Taya and she is our vice president of family transformation. All she does is family meetings and family communication. And one of the things that I required is that I'm a client of my own product. So she comes in and does, she helps facilitate meetings for our family because the number one thing I found is I'm still dad. Sure. I know how the (laughs) process works, but you know, I don't want to look like Moses coming down off the mountain with the 10 commandments. I want to actually make this be a conversation where everyone's giving their own feedback. And it's been amazing how different the meetings are when I have an outside facilitator than when I'm just trying to run the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, no doubt about that. What, a, I mean, looking back on, on the 24 years and three kids of, 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 of your personal and family life, that's gotta be going through that exercise is, is that one of the things you point to as, as one of the main reasons that, that you've been successful? Oh, I think it's definitely been, yeah. It's not just going through that exercise of the values. Um, there's the other pieces that'll come in this. It's really the intentionality, you know, right. I love talking, it. About, you know, return on intention. I'm a very intentional person mm-hmm. uh, on purpose and, I've found that the families and the people who are more intentional towards things that will last beyond a balance sheet or beyond, a, um, you know, the temporary are those that really see an impact and see things differently. Amen. So tell me about the vision. So vision is a little bit different than I think most people think of. The vision that we're talking about is the idea of how do you express the greatness that you see inside of your children or could be grandchildren and make sure that it gets expressed and known by them. So the way that I talk about this is, I don't know about you. I imagine you're the same as a lot of us walk around with self doubt all the time. Sure. You know, I just, I don't know, am I good enough? And, and I look at my kids and I'm like, I'm, I'm constantly thinking amazing things about them, but they're still sitting around with self doubt. And so where is the intersection that, what I'm thinking about them actually gets expressed. So the idea of vision is creating moments and creating opportunities where you're writing letters to your children and expressing all the things that you don't say, all of the things that don't get known. And so about once a year, that's we sit down and do that and write a letter to each one of our kids about the things that we see inside of them, the way that we've seen them grow over the last year, the way that we've seen them express themselves. And then as we've worked with families, it's been captured a few different ways, you know, telling the family story, capturing where the family has come from becomes a part of vision of, so understanding your past helps to shape your future. Um, We've had, sometimes it's a more formal letter. Sometimes it's just on a regular basis, reaching out and spending time one-on-one with that child or with that grandchild, but to actively make sure that it's an engagement where they understand the vision that you have for them, that you see their potential. And it's 
it's been one of those things that's actually been a relationship changer and it's been a relationship changer in my family and a lot of other families, but giving them a, a glide path to get there and giving them permission. Most people are like, yeah, 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 I need to do that. But giving them a schedule and permission to make it happen. I love it. Where do you keep the letters for just for, for let's, let's say I've got two sons, a four year old and a one year old. And I, 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 I love the practice of what you're describing. Where, where do you put them? Well, at this point, for the most part, we've saved them. The other thing that my wife, I mean, we'd saved them like just on a, so that there's an electronic copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that my kids have that my wife put together was this little box. It's not little. Um, it's underneath their bed where they've kept other papers and things like that. Yeah. Nice. They're proud of from school and they've kept that. They've kept those letters in that place. It's a great idea. I love it. Nice. And then voice. Voice. So this gets to be especially important as your kids get older, as you have adult children. Um, You know, with the recent presidential election and everything else, one of the things that we've learned is it's really hard to disagree. You know, if we're living in a world where if you don't share my opinion, it seems to be okay to be ugly towards you. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know? And what we're talking about with voices, what if we disagree and we still loved each other? What if we created a space for respect and conversation? And the way that we call this, the way that we actually describe this in family is you get a voice, you don't necessarily get a vote. So this comes down to the financial side of things, especially as kids get older and grow into adulthood, we think it's important that parents are sharing, hey, here's everything that I'm doing, not only for the family, but here's what I'm doing financially. And this was born out of the fact that we kept running into places where we would meet families where mom and dad would do something financially and then they'd pass away and it would cause all this division and strife in the, because the, they wouldn't know about it till mom and dad passed away. And then there's all this strife and this anger and this frustration and Mom and dad may have had really good intentions, but they're not there to answer any questions about it. They're not there to describe why they did it. And unfortunately, as human beings, we assume the worst. And so what we started trying to create was from a financial standpoint, can when there's when the maturity level is right, can we lay out the picture and say, hey, here's exactly what we're going to do financially. And then the kids could give feedback. So they get a voice, but they don't get a vote because it's still mom and dad's wealth to manage and to make decisions on, but they can hear their voice. They can hear their opinion. And then we watched how much, especially as opinions became more um, just stronger and missing a word here, but as opinions became more divisive, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) We were trying to create more and more space where we can disagree, but we can still create a place to love each other and be heard. And that's what I found with my own kids, especially as we were doing this. Um, my, my oldest son carries a completely different political opinion than I carry. So coming into this political election, that was, you know, at times difficult to have a conversation. But what I would always tell him and what we tell other families is, you know what, it's okay. I love you. Can we, I'm going to tell you what I think, tell me more about what you think and what the requirement is on both sides is that you listen so that you can be heard. And that is exactly what the exercise is, is within families from as early as possible, creating situations where no matter whether we agree or disagree, can we simply be heard and respect the fact that difference 
doesn't mean that we don't still love each other. I love it. And then venture. Venture is about creating something that is beyond ourselves. And most times families embrace this through some form of some form of giving, some form of generosity. But what is the thing that our family can be known for, that our family can come around collectively that's not about us? You know, so many times we hold on so tightly to everything that we have. What we actually find is true life happens when we let go and open our hand. And yes, maybe a little bit gets out, but so much more gets in. And where this came from and where this was born from was um, we were – this was about eight or nine years ago. Um, our family, I, I just noticed my kids being kind of selfish and greedy and noticed it showing up in myself. And so we were looking for an opportunity to expose them to the rest of the world. And we, we met up with a group out of San Diego, California called the More Ministries, who does short-term mission trips down to Tijuana, Mexico to build houses people and we went on this trip it was a three-day mission trip we slept on the ground we took bucket showers and we're 30 minutes from the u.s border sitting in the middle of extreme poverty and it became an awakening and the word that we used is it disrupted our entire family life but it took us to a place where when we came back home what we realized is that we had more than we ever realized i mean we already knew that we had a lot but we had more than we ever realized and we could reflect back on what we had been given and the responsibility that that then enabled us to have and the one of the greatest moments happened two or three years ago um my son was sitting at the kitchen table and he was like man i just he's like i'm so discontent right now I just need to go to Mexico for a few days. <laughs> he recognized that this greater venture was something that we did together, disrupted our life, but also put into proper perspective all the blessing and everything that we had. And that's what we're looking for. Could be local, could be something that you do together as a family is local. Maybe you're just serving a neighbor, but how do you come together to get outside of your own self and your own discontent to realize how much you've received and how much more you can give to the rest of the world. I love it. So powerful. Well, Eric, Savage Nation, is you ready for your difference-making tip? What do you have for them? So here's what I've got. I think that family is so important. At Paradigm, what we've put together is something we call a family impact kit. It's free. All you have to do is send me an email at eric at paradigm.org. Put family impact kit into the title. And it's a, it's a bunch, it's a few different downloads, but it is a day worth of activities of going through values, vision, voice, and venture. You can break it up or you could spend the whole day doing it, but you will come out of the day with an exercise that'll help you get started on creating core values. It helps you put together some framework for writing some letters to your kids. So you're going to get towards vision. It, it's got some exercise to do some things together so that you're getting into voice and then we also encourage you to go out and do something in the community, which will get you engaged in venture. And for those families who are saying, I want to be more intentional, I want higher return on intention, this has been a great tool that we found for people to embrace to just kind of get started. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Come on. Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? 
Uh, so the best place is at paradium.org, P-A-R-A-D-I-E-M.org. Um, I'm on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, send me an, if you've got any other questions, again, send me an email. Eric at paradium.org is the best place to reach me. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Eric your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to paradiem.org. That's P-A-R-A-D-I-E-M.org. Send Eric an email at eric at paradiem.org and put Family Impact Kit in the uh, in the subject line, and he'll send you resources to implement everything that we've been talking about today. So I think that that's awesome. Thank you again, Eric. George, it was been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.